Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. Yes, it is Steve Noble. And uh, today, finally, cancel culture has arrived at the Steve Noble Show on Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary and Bob Jones University. And and I've been looking forward to canceling things uh, for years now. I just want to cancel, cancel, cancel. And so today, leave it to our good friend uh, Renton Rathbun, the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University. Leave it to him. Renton, leave it to you to come up with this one. Should fundamentalism be canceled? We're not talking about one of my favorite topics, Renton. Good to see you, uh, which is fundamentalist Islam. We're not talking about that. Jesus will cancel that one day. Just rest assured. That's right. We're talking about fundamentalism in our camp and Christianity. And I thought this was kind of interesting because uh, your uh, esteemed institution, your employer, (laughs) just to make it more interesting, for almost 100 years now, Bob Jones University, BJU Seminary, I mean, generally known as the fundamentalist wing of Christianity, fundamentalist, independent, Baptist, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it's your idea. Just just want to make sure everybody knows that, that it's Renton's <laughs> idea today. But I love this topic, and I appreciate you bringing it up. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. You're welcome. Am, I'm excited that I'm in the... Uh... The the uh, what, spit it uh, out. <laughs> I'm sorry. The last few. I mean, I'm I'm just sad to. You've been MIA. Yeah. Oh, well, you're talking yeah. about me being done with radio in December. Yes. Yeah. It's still sinking in. Well, that's because I just told you. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that somewhere else? I did, and I I've been mm. you know, and then you you reopen the wound. Yes. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for, Renton, to bless. <laughs> My brother in Christ. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, listen, we've got uh, kingdom work to do, do we not? And whether it's here right. or in a classroom or at the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University, at homeschool conventions, whatever. We're both uh, kingdom guys and warriors, and, and we're going to take the fight uh, to wherever we need to take it. And uh, and God controls our seasons. We don't. And uh, we just have to be aware of what he's trying to do and go with them. Uh, wherever that may take us. But, uh, you know, we're going to continue the podcast and all that stuff. So you can't get rid of me that easily. So nice try. That's right. <laughs> all right. So fu- so fundamentalism, uh, you know, I, I guess we would start. I'm actually going to jump to what you said was part three, because I'm not so sure everybody understands when we say fundamentalism in in the Christian ranks, what we're even talking about. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with the connotation of it because of the history. Right. Um, people think, and and this is where we have to think like historians more than thinking like um, popular writers or bloggers. Um, when we think of fundamentalism, we have to think of basically what was going on at the time, what was being fought over, and what was being stood for, and then why the why the name in the first place. And so, you know, at the turn of the century. Um, in the early 20th century, you had a lot of liberalism going on. Liberalism is basically when mainline denominations decided that there were particular parts of orthodox Christianity 
that was no longer important. Right. And, and typically that meant uh, inerrancy of scripture. It meant um, whether or not the Virgin, uh, the Virgin Mary really was a virgin, um, whether Jesus was God, all those sort of things. And so there's, you see all these denominations starting to fall away from that. And you see a fight brewing. And um, a lot of men stood up and said, we need to guard these fundamentals mm. of orthodoxy. And the fundamentals, of course, uh, being the inerrancy of Scripture, virgin birth, um, Christ as God, the Trinity, these kinds of things that you cannot disagree on these fundamentals right. and still call yourself a Christian. Right. right. And so these guys um, were in the middle of a big fight. And the reason why I talk about cancel culture uh, in this is because as time has gone by, um, we do what the liberals do when it comes to cancel culture. We, uh, we take one or two people from a movement. Mm -hmm. We take them out of the context that they were in, put them in our context, and then demand that they live by the standard that we have today back then. Right. And if they don't, then... Um, then it's terrible. Right. And yes. so, so, you know, typically fundamentalists are looked upon as uneducated, angry, holier than thou people yeah. that um, just want to fight all the time. And you, and you threw in here in, in your outline, which I appreciate, uh, one of my favorite terms that most people don't know, which is orthopraxy. Uh, and when you talk about orthopraxy, you have to talk about orthodoxy. Orthodoxy is what you believe. Orthopraxy mm -hmm. is what you do. And so we have this uh, shift in evangelicalism in the Christian church uh, in the mid-20th century, as you noted, that the, that the focus was on orthopraxy. It's not so much, let's not get bogged down in all these doctrinal arguments and, and the nitty-gritty of theology. It's all about... Uh, well, it's like, you know, St. Francis of Assisi said that you uh, at, that you always preach the gospel. And when absolutely necessary, you use words. Who cares what Paul says in that book called Romans? Well, whatever, dude. And so that and that's what's happened. And so we've gone away from orthodoxy. What do you actually believe? What does the scripture teach? What what are salvific issues, hills to die on versus in the mid 20th century? No, it's all about how you live it out and you got to be nice and you can't uh, turn everybody off, yada, yada, yada. And and that's that there's been a lot of bad fruit off that tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I and I think it's something the pendulum is swinging back. And that's why I wanted to talk about fundamentalism yeah because the pendulum is swinging back to where it started in the early 20th century where this idea of being kind to your neighbor has basically turned in forget the bible let's just be kind and let people like us and maybe that will bring more people into the kingdom and we've forgotten what we're supposed to stand for and we right. don't even know what it means to love our neighbor right now right yep and so I'm I'm curious about how we will respond to that. Will will fundamentalism be an okay word again? Oh, let's make fundamentalism cool again. I I <laughs> like that, Renton. What a great way of coming at it. Well, maybe we'll are we going to cancel one version and introduce a new version? Well, it is 2023. We can do whatever we want. We can call it whatever we want. This is Steve Noble with Renton Rathbun. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary and occasionally Bob Jones University, which is true today with our good friend Renton Rathbun, who's the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University, talking about uh, or asking the question, should fundamentalism be canceled? And, and if you guys have been, have you gone to a fundamental church? Have you been to one? Have you been to one of their services? Make sure you have a tie on. You got to wear a suit. You got to call the pastor, preacher. There's, it's, they're little, they're kind of legalistic, and they're not always very nice. And, and there's a lot of truth, but not necessarily a lot of grace. And, and uh, you know, their favorite hobby is, is, like I said, it's legalism. That's like, <clears throat> if you're a really good fundamentalist, you, and when you graduate, you get a really wide phylactery. And you get really long tassels for your jeans. No, forget that. You can't wear jeans. So now there's that whole, <laughs> right, we're laughing about fundamentalism. Uh, but part of that is, is, the, is the kind of the reputation of fundamentalists mm-hmm. and fundamentalism and fundamental independent Baptist churches. But uh, as you were telling us, Renton, and thanks for being here, in, in the history of fundamentalism, I don't think there's a single convictional Christian that wouldn't agree that the fundamentals of the faith are worth fighting for or defining, fighting for and standing on. And when part of Christendom starts to cast that stuff off, somebody's got to step into that gap and say, no, we are going to fight for the fundamentals of the faith. And that's where it started. Yeah, that's right. And that's and a it, fight what, that we should all be willing to have. Yeah. I mean, how it started was, you know, this fight for these fundamentals you know, if you agreed on those things, it didn't matter if you were a Presbyterian, a Baptist, a Methodist, right. whatever you were. If you agreed on that on on that creedal idea, um, you would join the fight, right? Because in those days, you know, the enemy was so strong and so powerful; it had gotten in the church. This meant the fight had to be powerful. The yeah. fight had to come come right at them. And one of the things I I think we we forget is and you might understand this as well when you're put into combative situations um so I taught at a secular university and college for many years that's very combative um you've been in politics and on the radio and had confronted people and people have confronted you and you have that com- you understand what combat looks like and you know what it means to stand up when people are yelling and screaming at you. And I've had, you know, even recently I've done speeches where people have spoken back at me and yelled at me. And, ah. and so you get into that combat mode because mm-hmm. you realize what's at stake. And then when people in, the, in peacetime or the civilians see how you are, they're like, what are you so abrasive for? What are you, <laughs> right. what are you yelling about? Right. What's the right. big deal? Lighten up, bro. Yeah, lighten up. I mean, be sweet, be kind. And and it's and what we don't understand is what happens when you're in combat mode because you understand what's at stake, you understand the fight. And and I think that's where you got kind of that old-fashioned preaching where people started yelling at the top of their yeah. lungs, you know, these fundamentals are important. They're yelling because they're in the middle of war. Right, yeah. I mean, they're fighting tooth and nail to the death over these things. And we, sitting back, you know, in 2023, where peace is everything and kindness and sweetness is everything, we look back on that and like, oh, man, what's wrong with those what a people? Bad what are you so upset about? 
Right. It's like we, we don't... it's like we cloned Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's sinners in the hands of an angry God for breakfast, <laughs> yeah. lunch, and dinner. And we're just do, there's a whole lot of smoting going on. Mm. And and so but but when you realize, yeah, this these these things collapse churches and and yeah. sucks the life out of a church because you start to you have a form of godliness, but you deny its power. <clears throat> and those are worth fighting for. But but at what point do you get to kind of this fundamentalism has a bad reputation. Like what happened there? Because some of that, from my perspective, was earned. Yeah. So you have in every movement, you have individuals, you have loud voices, and then you have voices that no one ever hears. Um, And so of the loud voices, you know, there, there are those moments where someone picks a individual out and says, this is what fundamentalism is all about. This guy and what he did. (laughs) And um, or they have anecdotal uh, things where they went to a church that was fun. You know, they all had ties and suits and no one. They're all legalists the whole time. Right. Yes. They're all legalists. And you know what? That's you know, there's there's people like that because, you know, we still have the old man in us and Mm -hmm. we're we're terrible most of the time. It's only by the grace of God when we're actually kind, any of us. And so. And so by by anecdotal evidence and the louder voices, there are this reputation came about. Now, what's interesting to me is as um, I'm directing a center for biblical worldview, um, a lot of people see biblical worldview as a mental or a cognitive idea. And one of the things I've been challenged with uh by by a particular person is uh, actually one of the wives um, of the men on our board at Bob Jones University. She challenged me with this, and I've I've been, I've been obsessed with this ever since. She said, "When it comes to biblical worldview, how does biblical worldview produce holiness?" Mm. I thought, "Oh wow, <clears throat> shut up, woman." Be- because <laughs> if it's not producing <laughs> holiness, well, what good are we is doing? It? Right. <laughs> yeah. right, right. And I and I and one thing we forget about what fundamental you know the parts of fundamentalism that everyone was upset about is that they did have this desire and longing for holiness. Now there might have been people obviously that you know took that to an sure. extreme of sure. well then women shouldn't wear pants or you know and all that sort of stuff you know where we we nitpick on each other. Right, right. But what we've lost, because we were so offended by that, what we've lost is any desire for holiness at all. Yeah. And so our reaction to particular people that may have gone too far is to have nothing. And so now holiness doesn't mean anything to us, to the point where we're all big on biblical worldview and having these cognitive ideas, but we're not thinking about how does this lead to me acting like God, and how, how yeah. does God act? And how do I act like him so I can be like him? I mean, Ephesians 5, 1 is clear. Imitate God. Mm-hmm. And so then what does that look like? And I think that's one of the, one of the, the ways the pendulum has swung yeah. so far the other way. We've, we've lost our respect for that. Well, when the Lord says, be holy as I am holy, <clears throat> that's not a suggestion. <laughs> it's a command. And I, and right. I love the way that she brought that up. What is it about a biblical worldview and, and, and having one? And deploying one that mm. makes you more holy. <clears throat> now, I think we're at the point in evangelicalism where, like, yeah, we're called to be holy, but you know, we're all fallen. I still have the old man. We have the sin nature. Praise the Lord for grace, and that's why John wrote wrote the song "Amazing Grace." And so, there you go. 
And so you you kind of sell it down the river because we overplay the grace card. When Jesus says over and over and over again, if you love me, you'll obey my commands, which is not Mm. is not uh, just because he's a power hungry God. He says, obey my commands because he actually does love you. And that actually is what's best for you. (laughs) So just like when your parents says, "Uh, Billy, don't don't run out into traffic. He didn't. Mom or dad didn't say that because they're jerks. They said it because they love you. Uh, I have a couple more questions. We've got a lot more to talk about with fundamentalism. And should we all be a little more fundamentalists ourselves? We'll be right back. I woke up this morning and I heard the news. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary as well as Bob Jones University. Talking to our good friend Renton Rathbun, who's the director down at uh, Bob Jones University of the Center for Biblical Worldview. Uh, and is so busy uh, speaking and uh, spreading the good news and talking about worldview that he just doesn't have time for me anymore. But that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. Thanks it's good for to being see here. You. Uh, I think so, I'm back on the show in a couple of weeks. So oh, yeah, cool. You're, perfect. You're going to get sick of me <clears throat> Excellent. soon. Nah, I doubt that. Uh, you would get sick of me definitely sooner than I would get sick of you. Should <laughs> fundamentalism be canceled? That's what we've been talking about. And a lot of people grew up in a fundamental context and um, went to fundamental churches and no pants and you can't go to movies and you can't listen to, to secular music and all that kind of stuff. So so legalism is there, but legalism isn't just contained within the, the fundamentalist Baptist independent movement. It's, uh, legalism shows up all over the place. I know Southern Baptists that are legalists. Uh, my wife and I were legalists when our kids were young and we weren't independent Baptists, uh, <laughs> but we were very legalistic. And, and, and now some people would say I've swung in the opposite direction because I have secular music on my radio show, to which I'd say uh, you're the legalist, not me. But send me an email. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. <laughs> Steve at the Steve Noble show dot com. Are there some. <clears throat> And then we're gonna, we'll keep going because I want to talk about the strengths and weaknesses of fundamentalism. Again, we're talking about orthodoxy, the, the fundamental hills on which you should die of the Christian faith, which is how this all got started in the early uh, 20th century and, and the, the liberalization of seminaries and entire denominations on the heels of progressivism taking over the American education system, which was in the late 1800s. So, of course, that bleeds all over the place, and the church went down that road. And so... Uh, brave men would stand up and say, we have to fight for the fundamentals of the faith, thus fundamentalism. Uh, are there any godfathers of fundamentalism? Like, is Bob Jones himself a godfather of fundamentalism? I mean, the school's almost 100 years old. Yeah, I think, uh, especially the founder, I think he's he's definitely um, in that in that world. Uh, because what he was trying to do was start a school that anybody from any denomination could come if they agreed on the creed. And that's one of the things we've had since, since we opened in 1927. Yeah. Wow. Is that we had a, we had a creed and this creed goes through, you know, I, you know, what we believe about the Bible, what we believe about Christ, what we believe about his work on the cross. And, and that creed has been the the centerpiece that has held the school together for all these years because that was his that was his dream his dream was to see people of all denominations coming under the same fundamentals yes. of christianity yes. and trying to live that out in a holy way yeah and and that's where i can have christian brothers and sisters uh, across various denominations as long as mm-hmm. they all agree with the fundamentals of the faith which is what we're talking about so bob jones any other names that just come up in terms of 
some of the greatest fundamental le- some of the greatest leaders in the fundamentalist movement since the early 20th century yeah so this this guy will roll over in his grave when i say this <laughs> but uh gresham machen uh the founder of westminster theological mm. seminary probably would never want to be called a fundamentalist yeah. but he was mm. um what had happened was he was he was a professor at princeton university uh, princeton seminary and Princeton Seminary began to go liberal. It no longer was holding to the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah. And he was fighting, and he fought hard um, until they they just could not stand him in the PCUSA, the Presbyterian Church of the United States of America, and they booted him out. And so he started his own uh, denomination, the P, uh, the OPC, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. He named it Orthodox because yes. he wanted those fundamentals to be in place. And he started his own school. I mean, he was a, he, he was a separatist. He was separating to start something new, uh, much like Bob Jones was doing. Um, and so that's another that's another name that probably mm. wouldn't like the title, but <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, and anybody that fights for the fundamentals of the faith. And and I often get into that and uh, with with various people and and I uh, like especially when it comes to salvation Renton we're talking to Renton Rathbun from Bob Jones University I'll ask people how much theology do you have to write to have right to get saved and the mm-hmm. answer to that is hardly any yeah uh, you don't need right. much theology to get saved <clears throat> so yeah. one, but once you're on the other side of that you put all your faith in Jesus Christ you believe he is who he said he he was <clears throat> he is God. Uh, you can't do it. He does everything. If you hand St. Peter your resume at the Golden Gates, you ain't getting in. <clears throat> you don't understand the gospel. So, But once you're saved, once you're in the faith, now you have mm-hmm. to grow. Now you're into sanctification. And now the fundamentals start more and more because now you got to build. Jesus is the cornerstone. Now you got to build on top of that, <clears throat> which yes. is why the fundamentals are so important. Wh- where do you think things kind of went south? Or, or are, are there any weaknesses in fundamentalism? Yeah, I think— um... Any time that we add to the fundamentals, the list, uh, the creedal list that we have in our fundamentals, anytime we add something to that that is that really is negotiable, but we call it non-negotiable, that's when things start teetering. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, you know, um, people have different views of eschatology. How is how is Christ going to come back? So a fundamental of eschatology is that we must believe that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We have to believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, how we believe Jesus Christ is coming again, that may not be a fundamental. That might be, you know, good Christians can believe different ways of how Jesus is coming back. It's essential that they believe he's coming back. But how that happens doesn't have to be a fundamental. If we add that, then it narrows really small. I mean, once you say my eschatological idea of how Jesus is coming back is the fundamental, if you don't believe that, right. then, you know, and then it gets really, really narrow. Renton, so nice to meet you. Pre, mid, or post? <laughs> <laughs> Answer that question, and then I'll shake your hand and give <laughs> you the right. kiss of brotherhood. Well, let me just read this. You guys tell me if if you agree with this or not. We believe in the inspiration of the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament. 
the creation of man by the direct act of God, the incarnation and virgin birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his identification as the Son of God, his vicarious atonement for the sins of mankind by the shedding of his blood on the cross, the resurrection of his body from the tomb, his power to save men from sin, the new birth through the regeneration by the Holy Spirit, and the gift of eternal life by the grace of God. Uh, who wants to sign on the dotted line right there? Because that, yeah, a good creed. Ac- that actually is the creed. I'm reading it right from the website of Bob Jones University, established in yeah. 1927. <clears throat> and so if you agree with that creed, you're a fundamentalist. Yeah. Right? I mean, we yeah, we, we, we say that creed at in chapel every time we have chapel. Oh. And so what we're trying to do is establish, you know, what it means to be a fundamentalist. Yeah. I think a good working definition would be something like this. I even wrote it down so I don't forget. Oh, excellent. Fundamentalism is a confessional commitment to orthodoxy and an experiential commitment to holiness. So I think most good Christians that desire to be like God would agree that if we're going to if we're going to be good Christians, we have to hold on to that orthodoxy. Yeah. And usually it comes in a form of how we confess it, whether it be through creed or or a written confession. But we got to hold on to that orthodoxy. But the purpose of that isn't just to stay there in our brains, hmm. but to actually make us um, holy. And, of course, there's going to be people that in their sin nature is going to push that the wrong way. They're going to yeah. they're going to overstack the creed part and make it super narrow. They're going to make the holiness part, uh, you know, really rigid on things that the Bible doesn't even speak of. So that they, you know, everything starts narrowing, narrowing, narrowing. When the whole purpose of fundamentalism was say, look, if you agree on these things and you want to be holy, come join us for the fight. The fight is so important. It's so huge. There's so much at stake. Please, I don't care if you're a Presbyterian or a Baptist or what you call yourself. If you agree on things, these things, come fight with us because it's a huge fight. And I think through, you know, through the last maybe 15, 20 years, many of us haven't seen much of a fight. And so we've been very critical of fundamentalism. But now because of the LGBTQ movement that has seeped right into the church, right into the pews, right into the pulpit in many churches, um, we're starting to see, oh, this is a huge fight. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to say, okay, wait, we need, we don't, we need people to help us. We need more people in our fight. If you agree with these creeds, come fight with us. So should <clears throat> should we avoid, like, there's a lot of uh, Baptist churches now that will leave Baptists out of their name because they don't want to be perceived as fundamentalist, Bible-thumping, uh, judgy people. So mm-hmm. instead of... Uh, uh, long leaf Baptist. It's just long leaf yeah. or long leaf community church or whatever. So yeah. should we drop the phrase fundamentalism or fundamentalists? Would it be wise to do so? Uh, or should we embrace it? Like you go to the mall this weekend and you've got a t-shirt and it says, like it or not, I'm a fundamentalist. And then on the back, it says, kick me here, right? Something like that. What, what do we do with it? Talking to Rent and Rathbun. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. One of the things that I will miss about live radio, there's some things that I won't miss, but one of the things I will miss is uh, what just happened. We hit, we come out of a commercial break, and then you have bump-in music, and you have bump-out music. I love music, and we've had this conversation with several of the professors from uh, Bob Jones University and the seminary uh, two or three times now, talking about film and media and fine arts and music. And uh, what is beautiful, I mean, I, that's the way my mind works, too. I love to talk about all those things. And so on a live radio show, I got bump in and bump out music. And oftentimes, uh, not all the time, but oftentimes I have secular music that's uh, music that I love from my past that I can still listen to it. I, there's sometimes when I stop listening to it because if I start reminiscing, generally uh, the music that I uh, liked when I was a lot younger, when I start reminiscing, that's going to take me right back into the uh, garbage heap that the Lord rescued me from. Uh, but the other thing I like to do with that music is I know it pokes some people and, uh, I'm, I'm <clears throat> I, with some people I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to poke whether you want to judge me or not. Cause you don't know my motivation. You can't, you don't know my heart and we can have that conversation. And I'd love, I'd, I'd have that conversation with anybody. Steve, why do you use secular music? I'll have that conversation with you and I'll do it in a loving and, and calm way. But will you uh, shoot first and ask questions later, which I used to be very good at. <clears throat> and God has calmed that side of me down and brought wisdom into the picture. And so there's things I can do on the ra- that I do on the radio that are that are kind of I'll, I'll lure you in. I'll do it on Facebook too. People are like put that on Facebook, and then people go crazy and blah 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 blah. And then you don't ever come in and answer. I'm like, you got to remember what I'm doing on Facebook is I'm observing. And sometimes I'll bait you to see if you'll go down the wrong road and, and sow into your flesh as opposed to your spirit, which I struggle with myself. And then I'll talk about it. You want to know what I think? You got to listen to the radio show or in, come January, the podcast. Uh, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time telling you what I think on Facebook. I'm collecting information there. I'm not disseminating. You want <laughs> dissemination from me, you're going to have to listen to me, and I can't do it on Facebook. Anyway, hey, Renton. Hey, <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, l- let me back up for here for a second. Should fundamentalism be canceled? Why did you even bring this up? Why did you pick this, this topic? Yeah, I brought it up because I feel like we are we have entered into a time where we are finally under as a church, as the as Christ's church, we are under an attack that has raised the stakes so high that I think we're ready to start aiming our guns back out at Satan instead mm-hmm. of each other. Yes, amen. And part of that is rallying other Christians together. And and for the for us to be able to be a force against Satan, we do need a creed that we can agree on so we're so we know that we're together. Because right. we're in our orthodoxy and orthopraxy together. Yes. But once we know that, let's go fight. Um and I think because of that, we're ready for that. So then the question is, do we need to do we need a new name right. for that kind of thing? We need a rebranding. We... Yeah, a rebranding. Yeah. We got to rebrand fundamentalism. Well, Look. I mean, first, I, I mean, I want to be clear. There have been people that have been really hurt by people in the fundamentalist oh, movement. Thank you for saying I mean, that. Absolutely. And and yeah. I've had some people on Facebook Live today that said I, I I grew up in a fundamentalist church and and there's been a lot of pain there. There's been a lot of damage. Yes. Because I can and tell you one thing about every fundamental and every Catholic and every Protestant and every Christian of any ilk uh, or pseudo-Christian is they all have one thing in common, which is flesh. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're always going to get sin. And, and, and right. oftentimes, just like the Pharisees, man, you get caught up in it and, and, 
you don't love your neighbor as yourself anymore. You just love right. yourself. Mm. And you make yourself yeah, feel I, better by pointing out everybody else's garbage. Yeah. Or pseudo-garbage or what appears to them to be garbage. Yeah. And I don't want to diminish anyone's pain yeah. or anyone's history where in that movement they knew people that did real damage mm-hmm. to them. Because yeah. I don't want to take that lightly. I know I've been I've been talking about fundamentalism in a very positive way, and there's people that have had very negative experiences oh, yeah. with it. Yeah. And what I don't want anyone to think is that we minimize those negative things and only look on the the positive. Yeah. What I would like to do um, is maybe, and and this is something that I would be happy not to do if there were if it made my brother stumble. But I really would like to recapture that word. Um, most names of people who in movements, they have embraced the name that people have used in a negative way. Mm-hmm. The term Baptist was actually given as a negative term, but the Baptist grabbed it and said, no, this is fine. This is who we are. Yeah. Um, Van Til, if you know who that is in, pre- in, a, in apologetics, was called a presuppositionalist. Um, in his apologetics, and so he just Watch took mouth, the term. Linton. He just he said, <clears throat> "Okay, that's mine now." Yeah. Even the LGBTQ community, the Q stands for queer. That's bad. That was a negative. Yeah, that was a negative term, but they grabbed and said, "Fine, yeah. this is who we are." Yeah. And so I look at that. And I think you know. I mean, could we could we take that that word back and say this word was always meant to mean a confessional commitment to orthodoxy? and an experiential commitment to holiness. Mm. And if we can agree on that, could we take that word back? I'm good with that. Find ourselves together and say, let's start fighting Satan. Let's start talking about him more. Let's start talking about the way he's been infiltrating our churches more, and then talk about how we can work together to destroy. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down. And then people every once in a while, uh, because I've had it a while, they'll be like, well, you're kind of, you're kind of like a fundamentalist. And I, I would always say, yeah, I believe in the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah. That makes me a fundamentalist. Fine. <laughs> I think I'm just a, I think I'm a biblical Christian. Just like the only book I've written, and I, and I do want to write another one, but the only book I've written was called The Making of a Christian Wacko. The title was based on a Vance Havner quote. <clears throat> and Vance Havner said that the modern church has become so subnormal that when one acts New Testament normal, it appears to people to be abnormal. Yeah. So you're a bit of a Christian wacko. You're a fundamentalist. I'm like, uh, no, I I think I'm, I think I'm pursuing what it looks like to be a first century Christian. Mm. But in 2023, you look like a wacko. It's so subnormal that normal looks crazy. Believing, believing the whole Bible. Ooh. Believing it's all the speech of God himself to us. Careful. And then believing it in a literal way. Oh. That we can't we can't get away from what he says by by making it an analogy. Um is going to make us look like hateful people who yeah. are insane. Right. And 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 it's you know, I try and read through the through the book of Ephesians or the book of First Timothy. And not come across as an absolute male chauvinist pig. Right. Um, I mean, they look at, you know, when you say, you know, your wife is supposed to submit to you the way they would, she would submit Ooh, to that's Jesus the, Christ that's himself. Right. You got to be crazy. That's yeah. got to mean something else. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you look at First Timothy two, and it, you know, it says women should not have authority over men in the church because Eve ate of the fruit. And you're like, eh, you really want to bring that up? I mean, come on, don't Holy put, Spirit, don't you know the that's not the gonna, world we live in? Yeah, that's not going to go well at my anniversary dinner. <laughs> yeah. right. But I mean, you know, this is right. this is like this is boring Orthodox Christianity. There's nothing, con- you know, controversially about this for two thousand years. Yeah. But you say it today, oh, man. and you will look like a hateful, awful human being, yeah. a wacko. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is fine. I mean, that's you know one of the big reasons they strung them up because Jesus Christ was a fundamentalist. Yeah, he held the fundamentals of the faith. He lived the fundamentals of the faith. He is the fundamentals of the faith. He challenged people, including the the big mouth, self righteous religious leaders of the day with the fundamentals of the faith and they couldn't stand it and they killed him for it. And okay, that's just the deal. I mean, if you think Mm -hmm. you can, and I I told my students this, I think in one of my classes today, I'm like, listen, you guys, if you never get any blowback from this culture for being a Christian and and no blowback, then (laughs) you're not doing it right. Now let me go on and say, in order to validate your faith, you don't walk out to the gay pride parade and, and have a T-shirt that says you're going to burn in hell and, right. and they hate you. So then you go, look, I'm an awesome Christian because <laughs> yeah, they, right. they hate me. Now I just validated yeah. my faith. No, because most likely you just violated First Corinthians 13 and yeah. you don't, your motivation isn't love. Right. But <clears throat> odds are if you, guys never, if you guys never pay a price for your faith, that's probably because nobody knows. Yeah. And yeah, and that's that's one of the most important things Carl Truman, one of my yes. professors from Westminster Man, once I said to him. me. Well, he didn't say it to me. I was in the class. But uh he a... said, you know, you can tell I mean, I'm and he took it from someone else, can't remember who, but he said you can you can tell the character of a man by who his enemies are. Mm-hmm. And if he has no enemies, then what kind of a man is he? And right. and 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 what you realize is people with no enemies um, haven't stood for anything. That's right. But people who have nothing but enemies are standing for things just so they can be noticed. <laughs> right. It seems to me. Yes. I could be wrong. Uh, no, I think you just described the entire social media world. <laughs> that's right. And again, I think the thing that's real, I think, and this is, and we're almost done. Uh, the thing that's really energizes me, and I share this with students all the time, is like, listen, Here's here's a beautiful opportunity. Be a fundamentalist, but be a winsome one. And that's you're really going to mess with people's minds then. Because you have this <laughs> convictional Christianity and you hold to the fundamentals of the faith. But for some reason, because you're full of the love of the Holy Spirit, you're actually likable. Yes. While you say tough things. Which sounds right. to me a lot like Jesus. Right? That's right. Or am I just a it's- wacko? Yeah, I mean, you are able to be winsome yeah. when you love people. Amen. When you really love them. And if you love them, you'll tell them the truth. Renton, thanks for being here, buddy. Hold on. We'll pray together after we're done here in a second. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. <laughs>